On the 12th episode of Insider Investing, I am hosting Ragini Das, who's co-founder of Leap.club, which is on a mission to shatter the glass ceiling. On this episode, we cover a lot of ground. We talk about her motivations of starting up, building a community, getting members in India to pay, and the concept of the table, which I am personally super excited about. Listen in to this very exciting episode. Hey Ragini, welcome to Insider Investing. It's incredible. This is the first time we are meeting. uh and uh, you know this is a big disclaimer right up front that i am an investor in leap.club and so everything that you hear on this podcast will be biased uh, so please bear with us on that this so, how we well, like the world <laughs> <laughs> you you know what actually there i heard this saying once that uh, uh, if there's no conflict there's no interest right so uh, it's always always good to have some overlaps uh, and and get stuff going uh ragini it's been uh, incredible watching the journey of leap.club from the sidelines uh, by the way congratulations for the golden kitty uh, i saw right you... there oh there it right is somewhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> i saw saw you with sahil bloom you know all of the people that we really admire on one screen it was like uh, incredible congratulations on that and i think that's a great point to start with about uh, the journey of leap.club how did it happen you were this super performer at zomato you had you decided to throw it all away and start afresh why would somebody do that i keep asking myself that <laughs> <laughs> but, but jokes apart i think uh, sandeep uh, i love zomato i think it's, it's it's universal truth gospel truth um in my head i think i only became a founder in 2020 yes but the startup bug in some sense bit me very very early back in 2013 which is of course when i joined this foodtech startup so i feel the early exposure um talking about culture day in day out seeing the hustle how much ever people hate the word today uh building teams ground up managing teams when you were like literally 24 25 right like not a lot of people can boast about that um so i feel the entire zero to one journey got me very very excited and and i saw that very very early in my career i also knew that for someone like me who was extremely impatient uh startups are probably the thing and i'm not going to be happy in your typical 9 to 5 setup it's not the kind of work i enjoy it's not the kind of people i enjoy working with also i just need that energy i need that en- enthusiasm and like i said you can hate on the word but i need that hustle in my life uh for however long i can have it at least um So yeah so I enjoyed working at Zomato quite a bit I I worked across geographies I worked across products uh learned from some of the sharpest brains I would say in the business for the 6 years that I was there um and the idea of starting up was not even close to uh you know like in my this thing in my vicinity right uh in fact in a very very early 2018 uh is when I started working with Anand this was his second stint Anand's my co-founder of course um and he joined zomato again um after his little startup experience and we used to work together we used to talk about how the world just needs to solve real problems um and one of them happened to be how broken professional networking was um so yeah i think for me it was a step by step process i did not grow up like i did not like as a kid think oh i'm going to become a founder i'll be honest 5 years ago i didn't even think i was close to it um So yeah it was it was just the right place right time the dots and the timings everything matched um I also feel I was at a stage in my 
career life where I could take that, I don't want to say risk, but I could take that leap of faith uh, or that plunge. Um, even financially, basis experience, it all made sense. And, and that's how leap in some sense came together for me. So but, uh, I threw uh, it all away, uh, but hopefully no regrets. <laughs> I'm sure no regrets uh, but because startup is really a sp- uh, you know state of mind you even if you're working for a large company there are people who are who think like uh, they founders. should in a startup and they think yeah. like founders and they own every problem they want to solve it they hustle like you said uh, but there are so many ways and uh, to direct that energy right uh, I mean and even in starting up a new company you could have started up a, a purely commercial uh, outfit right and yeah. you know focused on solving business problems here you're at the intersection of what is potentially a social issue uh, yeah. you, you spoke about professional networking and that's great but really to me uh, a leap is solving for a social challenge that we are facing which is not enough people in the uh, not enough women in the workforce not enough uh, sort of diversity of thought so why why just this and why not like potentially many other things that you could have done yeah, no, Anand and I keep joking how Hawkins at the end of the day is making the maximum money and having the last laugh. And sometimes we just wish that, oh my God, you know, I think, why can't we have that? But jokes apart, I think, let me just call out um, for, for everyone listening what Leap essentially is, right? We're a community-led professional network for women uh, mm-hmm. with, like you said, with a very bold mission. It's, it's to see more women in leadership positions. I'll be honest, while our mission has stayed consistent over the last two years, there have been lots of learnings and we've come to answers. We've come to what we essentially are. Um, All Mm. of it has been a journey in some sense, right? Mm. We started Leap with the idea of how um, professional networking, like I said, was extremely broken. And this was very gender agnostic industry, Mm -hmm. gender, everything agnostic. We spoke to almost 300, 400 people. We asked them, what they do for their professional growth, what is it that they need. And mm-hmm. Sandeep, the way women spoke about it was a lot more hard-hitting um, mm-hmm. than men. Uh, beyond mm-hmm. the stats that we all know about, I think the lack of a solid network, the lack of proper tools to learn, to grow, the lack of a community that has your back, um, access mm-hmm. to executive coaching, you know, I think all of these things just came out came out as such huge blockers. Um, mm-hmm. And again, the way they spoke about it and like, I could feel it, right? Like, and, and, and I, I saw that, like, even at Zomato, I'll be honest, of course, with the broken rung, like when you join, there are lots of people, but as you keep growing, even at an as inclusive company as that, I, I saw the lack of many, many female role models, right? Or mm-hmm. female mentors. So I think almost 300, 400 conversations later, I think we were more than convinced that Leap is needed in the world. Mm-hmm. We also understood this would make our TAM considerably I was going to talk about smaller. that. Yeah. It would also make our fundraising journey much, much Why harder. That? But Correct. at the end of the day, I think we were convinced we're solving a real problem. It'll hopefully uh, stand us in good stead. And looking back, it did. Um, mm-hmm. Today, we hope for Leap to be the preferred professional network for women globally. We want to be a profitable company. We want to be an impactful company. And we want to uh, influence three very key aspects in a woman's professional life. Mm-hmm. One, which is what we do today, is connections and network, which mm-hmm. is why our community build a very, very solid network for women. The mm-hmm. second is access to jobs and opportunities. 
and the third is constant learning and development via of course the right tool um we also understand and we've learned in fact i'd like to say over the last two years that leap is not a it's not a one year course right it's not a stoa school or it's not a program that you do for x months or x years or so on and so it's a lifelong process right so we have someone who's 3 years in bain someone else who's 25 years md at landor we have a founder we have a budding founder we have freelancers we have journalists we have real women in real estate like hardly any women there um so today i think we're very very focused on connections both personal and professional the personal angle i'll be honest has grown over the last 8 9 months and that's also been another learning but essentially we're not a transactional platform we don't optimize right. for likes or shares or commenting for reaches right i think this is a community and of course the community team does a very good job at it but it's a community that we nurture with every single conversation um it's a safe space and i feel that's what kind of sets us apart um we yeah we we also did a very and i was telling sort of this right like we made a very bold decision of going community first today yeah. lots of companies build a product and then they want to kind of build a community around it um mm. but for us our moat is our community members trust us we have the best talent we have the sharks and the whales and there's so much we can do with them so uh, ragni let's peel that onion because there's a lot of things that you touched upon in that yeah. thing let me first and you know a lot of founders listen to this podcast uh this whole thing of fundraising for what is potentially on paper a very small tam right so uh how how does one approach that uh, conversation with a vc because here you are and your passion shines through even this uh, zoom call but uh, how how does that uh, how do you convince a vc that look there is a market here that there is and while your passion and all of that is important but how does it translate for them in terms of returns so that is one question i'll talk about the uh, the angle that you've taken towards your product journey sure. uh, in just a bit but how was the fundraising experience for you blood sweat tears <laughs> i'll be i'll be very honest right i think uh, uh, looking back i think 2 years ago um mm. it used to really bother me uh, if mm. i'm being very honest i was like why do people not see it cuz everyone loves the mission they all want us to come and talk to their employees and other people and connect us to people etc but yeah. not everyone gets it right mm. um a part of me also feels not everyone gets it because they don't understand the problem because mm. the room i'm pitching to yeah there are It's no women, women. Okay. right so yeah. i i feel not like you need to understand all problems but i feel they don't understand that bit of it mm. i also have learned over the last couple of months i would say um, we need patient capital sandeep right mm. we were not a company that's going to give you a hockey stick growth and if that's what you're looking for we're not the right company for you to invest in right mm. over the last two years we've had angels venture capitals in fact our lead investor was a member first and then she went and nzr right like that's mm. that's when namita went and led the round right and i feel uh, in in true ranveer singh style apna time aayega and i think you've just got to believe that it's going to happen and it's going to happen at the right time um, and it's very easy to get very demotivated when you see people raising a million 5 million like crazy valuations uh, but it's important to understand that you believe in your product you're trusting your product 
of course you're changing parts to make your product better but at the end of the day you're you're working with people who understand what you're building and aren't after it just because it's hot in the market right now or so on and so forth right so i feel yeah. um you you find the right people and you've just got to be patient and continue building um the, the i think what really made our lives easier was that leap is a revenue first company right yeah. 90% of our fundraisers still in the bank in fact we're just starting to depa feed because both anand and i are very frugal founders but today i think we're closer to product market fit so we're like okay now we need to spend on growth um mm. but we've al- always been revenue first we've always led that kind of help us grow build um yeah. so it's it's been slightly easier but is it easy it's not easy uh, is is explaining why this is needed in the world beyond the stats easy also it's not Uh, you know, so, yeah. one of the one of the demigods in uh, VC is this uh, Mark Andreessen of Andreessen Horowitz. Yeah. And he tweeted, I think he tweeted day before yesterday that you know, VCs want to invest for the long term in things that are hot today, right? Yeah. Like you have to be in today, like in with it. Yeah. So I think, uh, uh, and I can imagine how hard this would have been, but it's incredible. The 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 revenue first thing also is like something very distinctive and unique about Leap Dot Club. Uh, today we are in a time when Uh, it's about all about growth you build and then you figure out revenue models later uh, yeah. and that's the conventional venture backed uh, model right uh, whereas you led with revenue first yeah. you have thousands of members who are paying you a fee every month every year uh, what is it that motivates them to do this on a consistent basis uh, and what do you worry about like what is it that it takes to them to continue renewing their Uh, uh fee and yeah. how do you think about that yeah no no i think you're right i think we've completely gone a different way here also like not just our tg but even our approach is very different from your conventional ones um yeah. so it is quite unique but i also feel that's what one sets us apart and two it mm. sets us up for success is what i'd like to believe right now mm. imagine pitching to someone you're pitching a network first of all and you're pitching to someone and you're saying you're the first member and you have to pay me 30000 rupees and i am no ankur variku i am no kunal shah it's not like i'm going to do this and i'm building a company right so yeah. um and and like full kudos to everyone who paid this girl who's driving around delhi asking people for 30000 rupees to believe in her and anand's of course uh, dream back then because there was no product so i think the first question i think i also got was who else is there and then you kind of run into the chicken and egg problem so we went right. benefits first um it was tough it was blood sweat tears like i said i think we were also building we were starting up um i was like i said i was selling the membership myself driving around delhi ncr cuz we were also um going city wise first mm-hmm. but anand and i also consciously decided not to go to friends and family for the first entire year in fact everyone i know and everyone within my at least inner or second degree circle only ended up or unfortunately got a chance to become a member in the second year when mm-hmm. we were 100% confident about what we're building and what leap does etc cuz we didn't want any sort of you know wrong signals wrong signals up. biases all of that and and it yeah. does happen right like everyone wants yeah. to cheer you on um, and very importantly we decided not to press the pedal for the first 12 to 18 months till today we speak to every single member before onboarding wow. them it sounds mm-hmm. crazy yeah. uh, 
it's needed and it's what sets us apart and and also i think even till today sandeep i'd like to believe we're in a discovery stage uh, mm-hmm. because of these calls because of the community team or the sales team talking we have our ears to the ground we've been able to pivot multiple times even in the last 2 years um mm-hmm. so sure it might take us a couple of extra years to get there but as long as we're building right um i think that works in terms of indians and everyone who is willing to pay not willing to pay we all know if you ask someone how much you want to pay the answer is zero no one wants to pay anything but i genuinely feel um if you're building a product that's needed in the world if you're solving a real problem for the person not just for the world mm-hmm. there is demand fomo and um just being hot in the market and all these things can only make you buy the product once it does not make you renew and i feel our renewal numbers are very strong the metrics are very strong the dows maus are very very strong and the fact that it's paid uh, and we have 6000 women who pay us month on month um goes to show that there is merit uh and of course like i said uh leap the membership has looked very different from when we started to what it is today but mm-hmm. as long as um we're taking the right steps we're taking the right feedback the ball eventually is in our court to cater to this demand and of course deliver that value um so so yeah so uh, ragini if you think about it like you said you started with a community and the biggest challenge with the community is the cold start problem right how do you get the com- initial group of people and get them to start engaging with each other and then you you are saying you'll build a product after that yeah uh, how what is it that really takes for like these uh, motivated women to start engaging with each other uh because i think you really derive value from a community only when there is conversations happening and there is some positive take away from those conversations like yeah. right it's yeah. just not it's not just any random group of friends getting together what is the value that you derive out of it and that is the one big challenge that i see with most communities is that there is no value derived out of that conversation right it's just because you're on a similar mind space that you just only for that won't hang out together Absolutely. you have to have some tangible takeaway what is that tangible takeaway and how did you think about that so i think for us uh, like i said sandeep we went benefits first right so even mm-hmm. when we started uh, we were giving them value for the 30000 rupees right whether there was therapy sessions whether there was access to group coaching whether that was uh master classes so on and so forth and of course while the product has evolved and completely changed um mm-hmm. today leap bears no cost so mm-hmm. everything we make is direct profit in some sense earlier we mm-hmm. were spending this money on either paying the coaches or the therapists so on and so forth when Got we it. started we didn't start leap saying that we want to build a community we mm-hmm. said this is our mission we have so and so benefits let's see what happens we got mm-hmm. members in delhi we got uh, members in bombay we got members in bangalore and mm-hmm. throughout this time we thought the world will go back to normal uh, and the world didn't unfortunately right and which is yeah. why we were like floodgates there are people sitting in jaipur and london and uh, calcutta in dubai in singapore today and mm. all of them are members right mm. um so mm. i think for us the community just came together even mm. the social angle which is what i was talking about earlier right earlier we mm. used to thought we used to think that people only want to know okay how do i crack this interview or how do i do this or how do i prep for this project and we see a lot of that happen even today but a lot of like i went hiking with a 
bunch of people in Gurgaon a couple of weeks back. People are traveling together. There are podcast yeah. buddies. There yeah. are people who are getting gin and wine together. So I think a lot of social angle is also coming out. So the fact that it's number one professional as well as social, but most importantly, apart from the fact that you know, of course, these are all women. There's a very common mission tying them together, hmm. right? Usually when you build a community, which is any of the, you know, cohort-based courses or anyone else who wants to build a community, it's it's random. There is yeah. no thought process that's kind of put behind it. The hmm. fact that we filter everyone who gets in, of course, the fact that it's paid, which also makes it much, much easier. It makes them take leap a lot more seriously, I'd like to think. Um, hmm. And the fact that it's a very giving platform at the end of the day. Small, small things like I can share my phone number and not be creeped out, right? Yeah. Um, I can talk about my inhibitions like I have a founders clubhouse and in all honesty, we talk about how mental health for founders has become such an important aspect because half the time we're dealing with our employees' mental health, right? Now, these right. are things you can't just put out on social media or talk about in a WhatsApp group. There are people discussing their dating lives, right? Mm. Now, these are such trusted conversations they're spoken about in such a safe space uh we take a very very conscious decision of not breaking that trust and doing whatever it takes to ensure leap continues to be a safe space yeah. and like i said i think even professionally i want to interview here or i want to look for a co-founder i want to raise farms i want to do so on and so forth and we've made an entire website out of the impact leap has uh, made in people's lives. It's called love.leap.club. You should check it out if you haven't already. And, and and yeah, I think that just goes to show that, again, we're on the right path. But I feel what sets our community apart, um, in one word, is, of course, apart from the fact that it's all women, we're, we're, there's a common mission that binds everyone together. You know, you brought up this, uh, and you touched a raw nerve with this founder's mental health wala issue. Uh, and let's talk about that. I think, uh, you know, one thing that, uh, like, I wouldn't say worries, but it's like, you're like, suddenly there are thousands of people investing on your plan or like investing with deserve. And then similarly, you have these uh, many thousand women who are members, etc. What yeah. is it that freaks you out? You're, you're like, oh, shit, like, uh, will, like, what, what are the problems that Ragini thinks about and loses sleep over? Uh, so, so fun fact, Ragni hardly gets any sleep because Ragni's <laughs> team 5am club. So regardless of what time she sleeps, she's up at 5am. So sleep is a problem I'm trying to solve. <laughs> but uh, I think what really keeps me up at night, uh, right? I think more than, more than the company, um, I feel there are lots of people and being very honest and transparent, right? I think hmm. there are lots of people in the team um, we've tripled uh, in the last two months. We've gone from 10, 15 people to almost 50 people. Um, and a lot of them have taken that leap of faith in, I would like to think me and Anand more than the company because we're still very, very zero to one in comparison. That's so it's just about how do you keep working hard? How do you not let them down? How do you ensure they're growing, they're learning? Um, so I feel for me more than memberships, more than this. And of course, like, I think those are problems I help them solve and I solve with them. Uh, yeah. But I think something that just keeps me up at night is how do you create that rock solid culture, the hustle, the all of that, but yet take care of your people, uh, yeah. which for me, I feel I was lucky that Zomato did that with 
Anand and I, and which is why I think we're also trying to not give back, but it's a, it's a part of us, right? So how do you kind of right. do that? Um, and of course, all the business metrics and all of that also keep me up at night. Oh, so I, I that business metrics too. But for me, the 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 moment I like worry is the moment I enter office and I see so many people. I was like, okay, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, how did we were like this small company yeah. think this idea a few months back, and suddenly there are all of these people. But you know, uh, for us, one of the interesting things has been, and I was uh, reflecting back on it. In the first three months, we had more women in the company than uh, men. And uh, when one of the uh, you know girls who joined us, and we were talking about how that happened, and the fact is that we never ended up thinking about it. Like it, it just the the thought didn't cross our mind that we need to do this. It's about the talent that you got, and you ended up hiring them. How do companies think about this whole diversity issue? Because, uh, and I know it's it's tragic that it's 2022 and we still have to talk about it. But, uh, like, is there a framework? Is there a way that people should approach this diversity conversation? Suhail, who heads talent for us, has been also pushing me to bring it in in a more formal way. But how do you advise companies? And given that you're on the other side, where you can actually bring a lot of talent to companies. How should we be thinking about uh, like diversifying the thought process within the company? So I think the first thing would be, uh, and, and of course this conversation comes up a lot. We have we have a women in the workplace uh, clubhouse within Leap also, which has more than I think seven hundred odd members, and um, they talk about it a lot because most of them are DNI champs in their organization, so on and so forth, right? Or are founders, etc. So I think the first thing is just to not make a checklist right That's exactly right. and just going back to your point i think in your first three months you didn't even realize you ended up hiring more women because it wasn't a mandate it wasn't a mm. checklist right because that's when things start to break even today we have lots of companies who reach out to us and it's in everyone's i think kpi kra every ceo wants more women in you know of course not just leadership but within the organization etc but I, i don't feel i don't think and this is my personal opinion i i don't think this happens if you start to make it a mandate start to mm. make it a oh we need to hire x percent or x number so on and so forth uh, mm. it just organically needs to happen another very cool thing that i heard someone did or someone used to do back in the day was i, I don't remember the company exactly but this hr head who was a man he ensured you can't see the person's name on the resume right oh wow a lot of biases also creep in then um correct um 35 40 years old could have a child could not have a child can she do a sales job so on and so forth um mm. right i remember when we were fundraising someone asked anand what my long term plans were uh i don't know what that even means but you know what i'm saying so i feel a lot of biases regardless of how um forward you are in some sense um these are small small things that that one can do but also not now mandate a workshop or do this and do that be more open i think like even period policies even um you know crash facility and i mm. understand not every startup and not every company can afford that and i completely get it right sitting mm. on the other end of the this thing but i think the ones that can should maternity paternity leaves i think these are just basics i'd like to think um even even with hybrid i think the best thing that's come out of the pandemic um has been this entire hybrid culture where you're giving someone the flexibility to of course come into office and stay sane because god knows we all need it 
but also how can I still be able to manage things at home if I don't have uh, secondary caregivers, so to speak? Yeah, so I, I, I completely agree. For me, I think the, the bigger thing is that if there is fundamental buy-in in the fact that diversity is good for the company, right? And when I say good for the company, not just to like have a check a box or just like be socially relevant, etc. Yeah. But for the fact that it brings new thoughts, new opinions, new perspectives, which otherwise I would have missed. And that helps us really be able to engage the market better, uh, probably evolve the product better. Uh, and there are so many times when some of the perspectives that I would have missed come from somebody with a very different background than than what I've had, right? Yeah. So I think that's very interesting. And I think that brings me to the the final part of, and which I'm personally really excited about, is this whole effort of creating diversity when it comes to founders. Uh, uh, there are so many exciting ideas being funded in India and not enough of them are backed by women. So uh, the table, which is an exciting concept, talk more about that Ragini and what got you thinking on that? Yeah, no, I think we've been thinking about it for the last year, if I'm being very honest. It's, it's something that's Two things have always been in the back of our heads, right? One is, of course, this, and we'll talk about that more. The second that I'm yet to crack and I really want to crack is a leap for freshers, right? People in colleges, because I know that's a not just a massive market, but that's a real, real problem. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that someday, hopefully, inshallah. But for now, I think in terms of, I think just the table, um, to give you some context, so Women's Day was coming and like the rest of the world, I think everyone was bombarding us with collab requests and let's do this and come and talk here, so on and so forth. Um, I think since we're such a mission-driven company and a very mission-driven team as well, we didn't want to do something that just looks good on Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter for one day and does not make any real impact. Um, mm. We want to focus on creating real output, real outcomes, even if that means there is a considerable amount of input that has to kind of go into it. Um, mm -hmm. Over the last two years, I was talking about the Founders Clubhouse that we have internally at Leap. We have more than 1,000 founders, Sandeep, um, right? Really? Of all wow. women, yes. Um, wow. In fact, I there are that many. Yeah, yeah. We, we realize that there's so much funding there's so much chatter happening about the lack of it lack of tools all of that on the platform of mm. course lots of these founders reach out to the investors on our platform right mm. um or vice versa there are lots of these investors who also want to back female founders because of course they're all women everyone wants to do that um yep. and our our point was how do we kind of we have both the marketplaces technically mm. how do we make this um a little bit more streamlined um, and, and that was the idea at the outset. Uh, I think everyone, um, even for us, everyone has started investing in this asset class. Of course, the bull run also has helped in the last few years. Everyone wants to explore, everyone wants to invest. Um, in fact, fun fact, when we were raising our last round, we tweeted and we got 15 of our members to invest, uh, right? So we realized there is juice there. Uh, again, yeah. like I said, it has to be streamlined. So that's how we launched the table via AngelList. So what table is essentially, it's um, it's a platform where we connect founders with potential investors. Of mm -hmm. course, we're focusing only on women founders. Um, it's pretty obvious less than 2% women uh, in India get funded and we definitely want to change that. 
um when we launched i think initially first two days we got 50 plus responses we've already shortlisted the first one that's going live we're doing live on the 20th of april and you'll of course be the first to know since you're also backing the syndicate um in fact the founders are great uh, running their own show in calcutta going all in with personal savings putting in all the hard work they have the drive they have the hunger right and and we just want these stories to come out more um even for i'll be honest for founders like anand and i who've comparatively been in the ecosystem for a little bit mm. it was relatively easy for us mm. but we know it's not easy at all it's extremely extremely daunting no i it is even for men who who don't who are not in the ecosystem who don't know whom to reach out to etc and here you're talking about women who have a inherently like the bias is built against them where uh, but what i didn't realize that you already have like 1000 founders so in that sense the supply side is already getting built right yeah. uh, and i'm sure there is enough demand because there are a lot of people who are looking to diversify in every way including their investments and would want to back new perspectives uh, uh, with women what is the next big thing for leap dot club like where do you see this going is it a number of members that you're tracking for is it some value that you want to deliver where do you see march 23 and you know i'm not asking this as an investor but where do you see leap dot club in one year from now you would have got the investor update two days I back i did i did i was super excited i was like yeah that that's one investment that's working yeah yeah no i think we're we're very we're the first standard kids who want to send the homework on time and all of that so <laughs> proper that way but i think lots of including the offside photo i didn't miss that yes including the offside photo uh but i think lots in store i think uh, we we've set ourselves a um great 2024 benchmark of 100 100 100 um 100 cr uh, revenue we want to be a 100 people uh, company um overall lots lots happening in terms of impact i think this is something that we chase day in day out we don't mm. quantify it i think these are very qualitative things we see it happen um we of course learn from our mistakes we rectify them all of that also happens uh in terms of membership so over the next 2 years the other 100 is 100k members on the platform um that's what we're gunning towards we definitely want to kick start lnd we've in fact started working on it as we speak my next meeting is that right uh, so we'll double down on courses cohort based courses we'll um potentially um dabble with a lot of them i think the fact that you get to learn with a very solid peer network of women that we have we've done a few experiments over the last one year i think mm. it's time to scale that um jobs is not coming in the next year but i think jobs is going to be massive for us uh, like i said we're sitting with all the whales all the sharks all the companies want to hire from leap dot club uh i think we're going to have a b2b platform very very soon we'll have a proper recruiter login over the next 5 years uh i genuinely think leap can be a game changer of a product today it's all via connections network community and all of that and i think um our our goal is to preserve this and yet expand and magnify and blow it up and make a real real difference and yeah, no uh, uh leap is already a cracker of a concept i'm sure it will be a cracker of a business and uh, no pressure but uh, you should know that everyone <laughs> outside is cheering for uh, you anand and leap yeah uh, no I, i don't think anyone can say leap is not needed in the world 
um and and i want to leave with the fact that we need a lot more leaps to come in a lot of people message me saying oh these guys are also doing this these people are also doing this great proof of concept i think the world needs hundreds of leaps to come together otherwise yeah. there is no change happening i don't think we can do it alone no i'm sure and maybe out of the team of leap new leaps will evolve yeah so, i mean we've, we've made two founders of out of our existing we already have two years oh. yeah Wow, that's incredible! Thank you so much, Ragini. This was an amazing conversation. We really enjoyed it, and I look forward to hearing new stuff soon, as you promised before. And in the, the next update, also. And in the next <laughs> update too. No, thank, thank you, you so for much, having Ragini. me. This is great. Thanks a lot. We hope you enjoyed tuning in today and got some great takeaways. You can listen to the episode on our website or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. If you wish to reach out to us, follow Deserve on LinkedIn. or you can write to us at social@deserve.in at